I heard a phrase this week that is helping me a lot in these crazy times in which we find ourselves, and I got it from a blog post from, his name is Monsignor Charles Pope. I read him all the time that he posts stuff, and it's usually really, really good. And the line that he had in an, in an essay just a couple days ago was, you need to get to the point where you stop telling God how big the storm is and tell the storm how big God is. I thought, wow, that's a really good sort of turn of phrase, you know, because especially if you look at the first reading today, you know, who are these? Who are these that we're looking at, you know, that are, that are there? You know, that my Lord, I'm sorry, these are the ones who have survived the time of great distress, I would say, you know, obviously, we live in a time, I would say, of pretty great distress. It's sort of like in our face all the time from all sorts of different angles. But, you know, I think we have to get to that point where we stop telling God how great the storm is and start telling the storm how great God is. And another way of putting this, because for some reason I think this movie is full of wisdom, although I didn't, I don't think I saw that when I first saw it in the 90s, but the movie Aladdin, there's this point, you know, where he's like running from the law and all over the place. It's very early on, you know, and all of the soldiers are after him and all of a sudden they're in this alley and Abu, the lovely little monkey, pulls out a sword and all of the guards are like, oh my gosh, he has a sword. And one of the, the chief guards says, you idiots, we all have swords, you know, and then Abu drops a sword and runs away, right? And I think sometimes we get so focused on the monkey with a sword that we forget the fact that we all have swords, right? And so today, the church gives us this awesome solemnity of all saints, of knowing the fact that a great cloud of witnesses, countless people, have gone before us who have survived the time of great distress. That they've gone through this world, this valley of tears, as we say in the Hail Holy Queen, they've made it. They've been with our Lord throughout it all. They've lived in that strength of knowing what St. John tells us in his first letter today, that we are God's children. We are his beloved that he loves us and is with us. Do we have a time of distress? You bet. But you know, the funny thing is, and I'm grateful that we are inside today, because I think sometimes we have to get over the fact of being surprised by the distress. And the reason why I say I'm glad we're inside is if you just look around at the church, right? We're always surrounded by the 14 stations of the cross. It's not as though like we're promised that, hey, it's gonna be an easy ride, right? In fact, He never says that. And the beauty of the Beatitudes today is this acknowledgement that yes, there will be distress, there will be poverty, there will be causes to have to show mercy, there will be mourning, there will be persecution. But look at the way that the whole thing starts. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he had sat down, his disciples came to him. And I think that motion of sitting down is so important. And I'll tell you what, I'm really happy too that today, thank you Sue for fixing it, this vestment was starting to fall apart. On my back is this beautiful image of Christ the King and it says Christus Regnet, Christ reigns. And you know what he's doing? He's sitting down. 
all right? And there's two big things that that sitting down represents. Authority, that he is sitting in the chair of the law, like the chair of Moses, right? That when we talk about, for example, the cathedral of the diocese, it's based on the cathedra, the chair of the bishop. It's where the authority comes from. It's a position of teaching. And in fact, one of the traditional places to preach at mass is from the chair. I could go sit down and do it, but I get too animated and I don't think I could sit there. Plus, I'll be honest with you, that is the most uncomfortable chair in the whole place. There's like this wood piece that goes across, and so I'm bearing that for you every day. Although I just told you, so it just robbed it of all of its merit. But he sits down, right, to give us this authoritative teaching about the fact that, you know what, poverty of spirit, it's going to overcome. Our life isn't about just claiming more riches. That mercy overcomes injustice in the world. That, you know what, yes, persecutions are going to be out there. You're going to be ridiculed for staying close to Christ. But you know what? Those who ridicule, mainly the devil, are like a monkey with a sword, right? Don't be afraid of the monkey with the sword. Sounds stupid, but I think it really helps. And in fact, I think it kind of helps to encapsulate what last night traditionally was supposed to do. You know, as we have All Hallows' Eve, and we look forward to the fact of all of the saints. Yes, there's, you know, the scary stuff that we do, but ultimately, it's poking fun at the devil, the monkey with the sword, and the fact that he's not going to win. That little guys can dress up like that because ultimately, Christ conquers. That God himself has laid down his life for us, that we will overcome the distress as long as we cling to him. He who has the authority. He who can sit down and teach us. But the other beautiful thing about that, it's another A. You've got the authority, but also the approachability. I have to tell you, I mean, the image that comes to my, my mind when I think of Christ sitting down to teach is when I was growing up, my grandfather, he was retired basically for the whole time I knew him. I was 10 when he passed away, and he was basically already retired by the time I was born. And he spent many of his retirement hours sitting in his chair making rosaries. And of course, the stock market stuff was on TV, and it was with CNBC or something, or the Cardinals game would be on. But what was he always doing? He was making rosaries. And the beautiful thing was, I could approach him. I could go up there and be with him. But there was a gravity to what he was doing. At the time, he was making rosaries to ship over the Berlin Wall. So I'd like to say before, I think my grandpa helped to bring down communism. I like to think now on this Feast of All Saints Day that he's helping to continue to bring down communism. That ultimately, the authority of Christ stays with us. But at the same time, when you think about how incredible this is, the authority with approachability. That even though there is great distress out there in the world, even though the last seven, eight months have been crazy, right? The church is still here. The tabernacle is still right there in the center. He still has the authority and he still makes himself approachable. He still calls us to himself. Yes, are we still in a fallen world? You bet. Do we still have things that we have to overcome? In his permissive will, of course, he told us from the beginning, if you would be my disciple, you must deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. Does he, do, does he do that because he doesn't love us, because he doesn't want us to be happy? Of course not. 
He does it because he wants us to imitate him, to become pure of heart, to not be so taken by the comforts and the luxuries of this world that we forget about what will truly bring us peace, the Prince of Peace himself. And so we do go through this time of testing. We are put through a trial of needing endurance, of needing perseverance, of needing the humility of striving to know him better and better. But as we do that, we find his peace more and more. The other thing that I was reminded of, especially since we had Halloween yesterday, is, you know, blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. Remember many times growing up when my brother would get like a Snickers and I got one of those like black or orange crummy taffy things, right? And I would say, let me see your Snickers. And he would say, you see with your eyes, right? Because he knew what I was going for, you know? But the beautiful thing about this is, blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. So much more than merely looking at him with our eyes. That ultimately, Jesus Christ wants us to be with him forever. To be in relationship with him. More than just merely seeing with our eyes. In a few moments, when the deacon mingles the water and the wine, say, by the mystery of this water and wine, may we come to share in the divinity of Christ who humbled himself to share in our humanity. It's a a coming together, a complete immersion in the love of God, the peace that cannot be overcome, that like those in the book of Revelation who have gone through this time of distress, God willing, will be with them, that we will be immersed in the love of God that will see no end, that the time of distress will come to an end, that yes, we go through a time of testing now, But today reminds us of the fact that it's possible to get through it. It's possible to overcome the distress that surrounds us. And not only is it possible, but God gives us this great cloud of witnesses who have not only conquered in Christ, but at this very moment are cheering us on. At the end of the preface, I'll say, with all of the angels and saints, the glory is they're already praising him, loving him in that peace forever, And at every Mass that we come to, we join in that. We have the foretaste of heaven of being with him who goes up the mountain, who sits down, who authoritatively teaches and says, come to me, because he is approachable. My brothers and sisters in Christ, I think at the end of the day, the greatest thing we have to fear is the monkey with the sword, the devil. Fearing sin, knowing the fact that, yes, you go too close to a monkey with a sword, He will cut you, right? But the good news is, is you don't have to. You have a sword, the sword of the Spirit, the sword of the Word of God, the one who speaks his tongue like more powerful than a two-edged sword, Jesus Christ, who sits in our midst authoritatively, approachable, who calls us to himself to become a saint, to see him for all eternity. And I want to close today with a beautiful prayer and I'll tell you, it's, it's always in the Magnificat. And I will say today, as we talk about the sword of the Spirit, the sword of the Word of God, I highly recommend get a subscription to the Magnificat. It's the readings for every day, a reflection every day. Right in the middle, they have all the prayers for the Mass and benediction. But the one that always closes that section is a prayer called the Anima Christi. Okay? This beautiful prayer about being immersed in the love of God. And that's ultimately what we are striving for. That's where the saints are. 
And the beautiful news for us is even in this time of distress, we can begin to participate in it right now. As we receive him in Holy Communion, as we strive to be with him, unified with him, as we do good works out there in the world, as we look at the monkey with a sword out there during this time of distress and say, you idiots, we all have swords, you know? I hope that's not a bad word. It was in Aladdin. I assume I can say that. But you know, and, and here's the thing. We're pointing towards Christ, all right? We all have swords. And so the thing to remember is that what we're striving for is to be immersed in him. And that goal is possible because he has the authority. He's made himself approachable and wants us to dive into that love of his the last eternally, the anima Christi. Soul of Christ, sanctify me. Body of Christ, save me. Blood of Christ, inebriate me. Water from the side of Christ, wash me. Passion of Christ, strengthen me. O good Jesus, hear me. Within thy wounds, hide me. Suffer me not to be separated from thee. From the malicious enemy, defend me. In the hour of my death, call me and bid me come unto thee, that with thy saints I may praise thee forever and ever. Amen. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever.